Welcome to another episode of Comedy Wham Presents with me, your host, Valerie, and sometime co-hosts, Miss Purrington and Mookie. ComedyWham.com is your place to go for features about all Austin comedy. In addition to podcasts, Comedy Wham brings you articles, album reviews, our advice column, Rochelle Takes on Comedy, and we've got a festivals page, an FPIA page, where you can see the full history of the contest. You can keep up with us on Instagram and TikTok at Comedy Wham or on our Comedy Wham Facebook page. And of course, we're best known for our events page for live shows in Austin, Houston, and DFW. If you're a comic in those cities and want your show featured on the calendar, go to the events page and click Submit a Show. You can also click Submit a Show from the homepage, ComedyWham.com. Tag us on your Instagram stories and we will share your show promo. Looking for ways to support all these resources we provide? You can donate to Comedy Wham on PayPal, Venmo, or even Patreon. Search for Comedy Wham on Patreon and check out our subscriber perks. Now let's get back to our podcast. Launched in 2016, the podcast project brings you funny people and their stories. As a fan, I like to delve into a comic's background and motivations, and we'll usually take a detour along the way. Consider the interview a way for you to get to know the folks that make the Austin comedy scene one of the best in the country. If you like this podcast, please rate and review us. Today, I am talking to the co-host of Business Hours and the buddy system with his BFF, Written up in the uh, 2022 Top 10 Austin Comedy Stories in the Austin Chronicle. Gee, who was responsible for that? Uh, and among the many testimonials on his website, <laughs> you'll find this one. I look forward to the rest of the world loving him as much as I do. Who could possibly have said something, something so kind and wonderful uh, as that? Uh, and you will find him performing all around Austin. He, is, he was a... Uh, Surprise! 2019 FPIA finalist is kind of coming out of nowhere and uh, impressing us all. And now Comedy Wham presents our guest, Carlos Morrison. Hi. Hi. That was such a nice introduction. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. I, I assume that you have your website memorized and you know who that quote was from. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to be, you're going to upset somebody if you don't remember who that one was from. Was That's got to be my mom, right? Yeah. yeah. Was your mom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh no, don't get this wrong, Carlos. <laughs> As a mom, you do not want to get this wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, she's she's my number one fan for sure. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, I hope it wasn't too forward to say that the the shows that you run are with your BFF, uh, no. Zayn Hussein, who was a recent guest. Yeah. Uh, you guys have you know, very similar history as far as starting at about the same time. Mm -hmm. So definitely. Uh, yeah. We started like almost like within weeks of each other. Like I, I think I was doing my third or fourth open mic when I met Zane and yeah. he was doing his second. So we we're, yeah, we were like right at the same time frame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you happen to listen to his episode and all the trash talking that we did? I haven't yet. Okay. Was he talking crap? He was talking a lot of trash. Uh-oh. No, he wasn't. He can really I say wasn't. crap on this? Yes, you can, <laughs> you can curse. Yes, this is right. a, a, a curse, open, an open cursing uh, show. Nice. <laughs> well, Carlos, welcome. Uh, I do have an official icebreaker question, if you're ready. Okay, yeah. One word to describe your past. Oh my past uh yeah what's a good one uh 
Um, I don't know. <laughs> what is a good word to describe my past? Just like, this is a good sound for it, probably. Just a big bomb. And just, I don't know. Yeah, I think, uh, let's say spicy. I'm, I'm going to say spicy. All right. Well, you're going to have to explain that now. I think, well, I you know, my past is like, I think I've, you know, I'm like a nerd, but also I would got into a lot of mischief. So I wasn't like a, you know, straight on nerd. I was just like a dorky person. Uh-huh. But then, you know, I would like growing up, I would just, you know, accidentally blow something up with my friend, you know, like. I just, I had this one time, me and my friend, like multiple fireworks incidents with my oh friends. My there was, I was having a Roman candle fight with my friend and we set fire to some sawdust in his garage. We had to put that out. We had, we, we thought we found a giant smoke bomb and we set it off in the middle of their cul-de-sac and it was actually a mortar shell for one of those like fireworks that go in the air. Uh-huh. So it just, like, exploded. Like a normal, like, fireworks show firework. Uh-huh. Just, like, right in the middle of the cul-de-sac. Oh, my gosh. No injuries? No injuries. Well, I, my one of my friend's hair caught on fire for a second. But we put it out, and he was fine. But he cared a lot about his hair, so he was a little upset. But <laughs> oh, my gosh. He conditioned a uh, lot. I don't think spicy is the right word. I think dangerous sounds like the right word to Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so growing up, was comedy something that you paid attention to at all? Yeah, definitely. Like, I remember my, like, parents went on, like, a date night to go see some comedians, or some comedian. I think they went to see Jim Gaffigan, hmm. and, like, I couldn't go because I was too young, and also I think they just didn't want to pay for tickets or whatever, but... <laughs> They, you know, they came back and they're like, oh, it was just amazing. It was so funny and stuff. And it got me interested in it. So really? I, and I started. How old were you? I was probably like 11 mm-hmm. or, you know, 10 or something like uh-huh. that. And I started um, trying, you know, I listened to Jim Gaff again for sure because he was clean. And then um, for like briefly in Austin, they had like a radio station that. Played oh. comedy. I don't know if you were here for that. I think so. Um, and I was obsessed with that, so I'd listen to that every morning on the way to school. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of my introduction to it. So I'd just kind of hear like a bunch of random comedians. And then... Um, so you grew up in yeah. Austin. Mm-hmm. So you're one of those rare rare unicorns. Yeah. Okay. It's weird now. They're, like People are surprised when they find out i'm from here it's not usual Mm -mm. for like most cities you if you move somewhere usually you're like you know the outsider but now yeah now you're the outsider even though you've been here the whole time yeah yeah Mm -hmm. okay so continue listening to to comedy on on that station and were you continuing to like if you heard somebody really interesting you'd go like find more yeah and like this was like when i think pandora was a little bit more popular uh, so i would uh i would like put on pandora like comedy radio stations and like listen to that to fall asleep to uh-huh. so i just heard a lot of comedy and then um 
when like when I was in high school, I was really scared of uh, public speaking and stuff. Or I was I was scared of public speaking before then, and um, I wanted to get over that fear. So um, I did an improv class huh. um, when I was around seventeen, and uh, that got me like into performing. Even though oh. I wasn't the biggest fan of improv itself, I was like, I liked making people laugh and it helped me get over the fear, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, can I ask what school had um, an improv class? Oh, it was a, uh, it was hideout theater that I didn't do it oh, in school okay. itself. Yeah. It was like a, yeah. Extracurricular <laughs> kind ah, of thing. You okay. know, it was, uh, it was outside of school. Um, it was like one of my, or my brother, he was interested in acting and stuff and he wanted to do improv and he was a lot more extroverted than me and i was like you know i'm gonna try it too Hmm. you know i'm funny my brother's there he's funny so i won't feel as weird yeah and uh got into it um and uh emma holder was actually my improv teacher oh my gosh you know local Uh comedian shout out yeah yeah so that's so funny because I've been thinking a lot about her and recently mm-hmm. I, I know that sounds really bizarre and random but I I I know she is like such a presence in the scene and I'm like why have I not talked to her so I've yeah. been thinking all day okay I need to write Emma and tell her okay I need to get you on the schedule so yeah isn't that weird the world that is weird yeah, yeah the, you're just that wasn't running around in your mind yeah yeah Emma's really nice she's awesome yeah um She's a funny person, too. Right. She's really cool. Okay. So you and yeah. her go way back, which is interesting because you uh, you and Zane, and maybe just you sometimes by yourself, are on her show a lot, her What a Character show. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, probably a big reason, too. We do it so often. Um, and, you know, she just, she invites us, and we're always, like, up for the challenge of, like, writing a sketch every month. It's yeah. It's pretty fun for us to like shake things up and not just do stand up all the time. Yeah. So tell me about that first improv class or tell me about that first moment where you're like, oh man, I'm totally over this fear of public speaking thing that I've had. I think um, it was just because like improv was, um, it, it was just like, uh, it felt like a game and it was just like, you know, like eight kids. And I had my brother there, and actually I had my cousin in that class as well. So it kind of, like, it helped to have, like, family there uh, that I already felt comfortable joking around with. And then there was just, like, a small group of kids that were, like, you know, enough to, like, you know, give me feedback about, you know, I could hear them laugh. Um, And then, like, at the end of the the class we did um a show and i just like noticed that a lot of the scenes that me and my brother did or me and my cousin did went really well because we had that like chemistry and we were all like funny um uh, i think my family's like hilarious i get most of my sense of humor from them Mm -hmm. so um i don't know it, it kind of just like eased me into it like just I got to dip my toe in the water of like performing in front of people in a very safe environment yeah and then worked my way into actually performing in front of real people Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> because improv audiences are not real people. Let's just make that super clear. <laughs> well, that one, it was like all the parents, you know, it was yeah. all the parents of the kids. Yeah. So it didn't like. A little biased. Yeah. It was a very hot crowd yeah. for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you know, when, when people think about improv and taking improv classes, they mm. uh, soon realize that there's multiple levels of improv classes. What did you decide to do after you finished that first improv class? Um, after that, I didn't do anything. I, um, I didn't keep pursuing improv and it was like a few years until I actually started doing stand up. It was, um, it was really like scary for me to, to do stand up, And it like, I probably thought about it for like a year and a half before I actually did it. And I was like writing jokes all the time in a joke journal. And, uh, I, Yeah, so there wasn't really, like, that much. I just, you know, I finished high school. I started going to college for a little bit. And then, like, it was, like, in college when I was, like, kind of hating being in college and wanting to do comedy and get back into performing. I started getting curious about it. And uh, I, like, I didn't know where to do open mics. I thought you could only perform comedy at comedy clubs. Yeah. So I was um, just signing up for the Cap City open mic, like all the time. Once I was like ready to do it, and like Never they they wouldn't picked. put me on, <laughs> you know, because they're like they're only putting on people that are already yeah. comedians and like occasionally a new person. Uh-huh. So it took me like months to get on it, and then I was just like, man, this is crazy. How do people do comedy, you know? And <laughs> and then. I, you know, I finally did it, and actually my first time went, like, pretty well. Like, my last joke bombed, but I, I did okay, and I was horrified the whole time and really <laughs> anxious, but it was, like, it was also, like, a really good crowd to do my first set in front of, because, like, Cap City had, like, the best open mic. Yeah. So, and they still have the best open mic, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was... Uh, it was kind of a weird way to get into it, I think, because I think yeah. so many people just do, like, uh, a bar as their first mm-hmm. open mic or something like that. So what year was that? That was, um, I think, actually, that was probably 2017. Okay. Um, and then, again, I still thought that was the only place you could do comedy. So it, I did, like, maybe two or three open mics that year. Um, and then in 2018, that was when I actually like started doing comedy. Okay. Like, uh, like late 2018. Yeah. In like November or something like that. Yeah. Now the internet was invented in 2017. Yeah. So was Google just not telling you Austin comedy shows? I don't know. I don't know what (laughs) I was, I'm not like super, you know, tech savvy or anything like i'm not good at like what kind of nerd are you yeah well i'm not that kind of nerd i'm like uh you know i like to do like rubik's cubes and stuff you're an austin comics (laughs) yeah yeah got it i like comedy i do i play chess you know i'm like i do other nerdy things but i for whatever reason i just like can't i'm like so bad with computers i can't (laughs) i can't use them what was it that happened that you decided, you know what, I'm going to start writing jokes? Um, 
I think it was just because I liked comedy so much. I listened to it all the time, and I started to develop, like, a taste for it, and, like, there were things, like, that would kind of inspire me, like, when I would just be, you know, out and about, and I'd notice something, I would just be like, oh, that would probably be, like, a funny joke Mm -hmm. if someone said that, and, like, you know, I also just kind of got to the point where I listened to so much comedy that I was, like, I kind of, like, ran out of stuff to, like, obviously I wasn't out of stuff, but, like, it was, like, I, I would kind of listen to the same things over and over again and I'd try to find new comedians but there wasn't just there wasn't enough comedy coming out to like feed that hunger I had to just listen to jokes so So. at this point in our conversation the only thing that I know that you liked is Jim Gaffigan Mm -hmm. but that was obviously when you were 10 11 years old what kind of stuff did you gravitate to at this point um I I really liked um, Kumail Nanjiani's album. I think he's only done one, hmm. and it kind of makes me sad. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> that one was really good. I liked, like, Kyle Kinane and, um, gosh, there's so many. But, like, oh, Sarah Silverman's, like, way up there for me. She's amazing. Maria Bamford. I liked Patton Oswalt a lot. Uh-huh. Um Gosh. Oh, and I, yeah, I would listen to like Zach Galifianakis's Live at the Purple Onion all the time. Uh-huh. That was great. And like uh, the Comedians of Comedy Tour, like really made me like want to be a comedian so bad because like it was so cool just seeing, you know, like Zach Galifianakis and Brian Posehn and Maria Bamford and Patton Oswalt and they're all like hanging out and, you know, doing shows together and like making little sketches like that was kind of like exciting to me the the idea of being in a van with a bunch of comedians <laughs> so um so you were going to comedy shows and on top of listening to albums and not a lot of comedy oh. shows honestly i uh i haven't even really like i mean now obviously because uh, i you know participate in them but like um, I just, in general, wouldn't go to, like, that many concerts or comedy shows or anything just because they were expensive. Um, but, um, yeah, I've seen, like, John Mulaney live, and that was amazing. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, at that point, I hadn't seen that much. I, I went out to, like, a few shows and, uh, like, a, a few open mics before I tried doing open mics. Mm-hmm. Um, just so I could get a sense of it. But yeah, it was like mostly I would just listen to stuff online or watch things. Okay. And then, so we, we get through the whole Cap City and, and their, their process in that first, first year where you realize, you know, I'm not getting any, any traction here. Yeah. What, what, uh, broke open that, that world for you in 2018? Did you finally learn about Last Gas? Yeah, I I started (laughs) meeting people. I think that was Uh, another thing. I was, like, kind of shy, so I wouldn't mm. talk to anyone. And then I started meeting people in, like, late 2018. And I would, uh, you know, know, start breaking out of my shell. And they would tell me, like, oh, there's Last Gas. 
that has all the open mics on there and I started like just going on a daily basis and I had like pretty nice routine set out where I would I would do you know basically every open mic that was available at the time yeah um and you know what I just realized I um so you told me how that first one at Cap City went mm-hmm. did the other ones other than maybe the last joke bombing did things like start hitting right away no i actually i bombed a lot after that one Hmm. like i had a my first one went really well and then my second one was awful it was like you know yeah and i just had like so many just terrible sets Mm -hmm. after that and i tried like experimenting with different styles and they didn't work and they didn't fit who i was and so i had like lots of incidents like that were just really bad especially yeah. that first year but yeah the i think maybe the reason my first set went so well was just because i had like thought about it so much and i had like rewritten it a yeah. billion times and ran the jokes by my family members a mm. bunch and like so it was like somewhat workshopped but then after that i was because i was doing open mics every day i was just like you know it was just I was trying to that was I was trying to write like new jokes pretty for every open mic. It was kind of insane. Uh, I was You fell under that cult yeah. <laughs> thinking until you realized, Oh, I don't have to do that. Yeah, it was crazy. I would <laughs> I would, I had like such an insane work ethic where it was actually probably <laughs> not good. Um Yeah. yeah. Okay, so if you're willing to share with me, because I know a lot of new comics do try this. They try on different hats for size, right? They've, they've heard Maria Bamford, they've heard Patton, they've heard Zach, whoever, and they're like, oh, maybe if I just try to be like them, mm-hmm. uh, it'll work. So are you willing to share, like, who's the most, uh, who's the one that you knew when you tried to adopt that different style, or maybe not the who, but what is the the wildest style that you feel like you tried that made you realize, oh, this is not going to work for me? I tried to be like Louie for a little oh. bit and tried to be like offensive <laughs> and it was like not huh. be dark or whatever. It was like, yeah. no, no, it's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it just sounds like I'm serious, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't seem right, but yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, my vibe is like I gotta be like I don't know I I like the to just embrace my awkwardness um, and uh, I've you know been told a lot by people that I have like this like sense that I'm cocky but also insecure at the same time hmm. or something yeah. you know and I I haven't gone for that at all uh-huh. I, I don't. I don't see where they get the cockiness from. Yeah. But because I feel, you know, super insecure. Uh huh. But um, I don't know. I've tried to embrace that and try to, you know, not sound like other people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also I think sometimes I fall into sounding like Nate Bergazzi a lot. I do hear that. Yeah, yeah. He influenced me a lot, and I think it it's hard to steer away from that mm-hmm. at times. Yeah. So do you, I, I'm wondering, are, are, do you consider yourself a clean comic? Oh, no, not at okay. all. all right. Yeah. I 
I sometimes try to be clean like just for writing purposes because like I want to make sure my joke is just funny and it's not because I'm saying cuss words or whatever um but yeah I I think like I have a dirty sense of humor and I I don't like limiting myself too much but I I'm relatively new to comedy so I'm like I'm still open to changing in that regard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to pace ourselves because I want to get into 2019 mm-hmm. and that year. Um, okay. So in 2018, you're doing a lot more open mics. Mm-hmm. And um, are you starting to get booked on shows? Are people noticing you? Um, kind of. So, you know, I started like, it was like November of 2018. So it was okay. like... I I think probably I actually got a show at the Night Owl in de- like December of 2018 mm. um with uh uh Adam Waitman he was booking it and uh he, he like I don't know he was awesome he's you know still like super nice I yeah. think he moved recently yeah, he um which was sad but like you know he's always been super cool to me and he like he saw me at open mics and thought I was funny and, you know, uh-huh. uh, gave me a chance to do a show and also Zane, I think. Um, mm. uh, so we did that show and then there was like, uh, I did this other show with this guy who went by the name of cornbread. Um, <laughs> I don't think I, I had the pleasure of knowing that. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't seen him since probably 2019. Oh, wow. It's like, yeah, I, I have his number in my phone uh-huh. still, but he, like, I don't, <laughs> I haven't talked to him in a while. Um, but yeah, it was like, we, I did a show at like a fried chicken restaurant and, um, that, those were my first two shows, but it was like spread out over months and mm. like, I didn't really get booked until after FPIA. Uh-huh. Um, Okay. All right. Yeah. So now I'm like, holy crap. That's such the perfect teaser because I just realized if you just really started hitting the mics hard in fall of 2018, yeah. 2019 was your very first FPIA. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. It was my first one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's make that our teaser. Let's do our little <laughs> intermission. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. So pick a card and I'll read it off to you. Okay. I'll do this one. Oh, I'll read it. Too. Oh, you'll Wait. read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. Uh, okay. Oh, interesting. Uh, the one who got away, dot, dot, dot. The one who got away. You're so young. How? I mean. Wait, do I have. So, so you I'm... answer. It's an open-ended question thing. <sighs> the one who got away. <laughs> well, okay. There was this um, dog I found that I thought was, like, really cute. Uh-huh. And, uh. I was going to name him Keeper, probably, because I was like, this this dog's a keeper. Uh-huh. But then I was like, you know what? The right thing to do is probably to go see if he's microchipped. Mm. And then, you know, I went to go see, and he was, and the owners were super happy oh. to find him. So I was like, fuck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to keep this dog. <laughs> um, I think that's probably my answer. <laughs> All right. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. That is for me. Right. I hope it's as easy as that one. When I notice myself getting older, I... Oh, my gosh. Uh, 
well, I mean, the facts are established that I am old and getting older. Um, I try not to be wistful about or, you know, sad about, oh, my youth is behind me and the stuff that I see 20 and 30 year olds, which is, you know, the, the game of comedy these days, uh, that, that my time has passed. I, I really try not to think about that. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's, that's where my brain goes, is try not to think about that in your 20s and 30s, you could have been doing this other thing, but you did mm. the things that you did, and that's okay. Yeah, I think comedy, like, anyone can do. That's like, you know, at any age, there's yeah. like, you know, I mean, George Carlin was doing comedy yeah. until, like, the year he died, you know. He was, like, yeah. ancient, you know, and yeah. I don't know. I mean, but I had a period when I was doing comedy, you know, Zane and I talked yeah. about this. Like, I thought he was mean, so I didn't, I wouldn't talk to him. And he wouldn't, <laughs> he just didn't seem like he would talk to anybody. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's like I did comedy for a while until the pandemic. And I'm like, well, that's my angle is because I'm old and I yeah. have different experiences than all the yeah. 20 and 30 year olds or 20 year olds that are, you know, they only talk about masturbation and drugs. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about something different. I'm going to talk about my kid and being an old parent and yeah. whatever. So it's like, you know, something yeah. for everybody, everyone, really. So did you start comedy later in life or you? I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, so I started this podcast in 2016. I didn't do my first open mic, I think, until maybe late 2017 or maybe early 2018. Okay. Yeah. So I was doing it for a few years, and then the pandemic, I just logistically wasn't able to do it. Yeah. And then by the time everything started opening up again, my teenager was in so many activities, and mm. I'm his only chauffeur, so I just yeah. can't, you know. Doing open mics at 1, 2, 3 a.m. at night is not conducive to 6 a.m. swim practice. Yeah, not at so, all. So it's on pause. Yeah. I'd like to get back to it. And I honestly feel like, you know, like family and, you know, things that are, there are just more meaningful things in comedy, honestly. Like, I think that's why a lot of young people do comedy is because there's honestly nothing better to do. <laughs> like... You know, we're yeah. like if twenty-year-olds uh, are all just like working at horrible jobs <laughs> and they hate their life, and they're like, yeah. "I guess I'm gonna do comedy. I want to have something," sure. you know. And like, I think uh, I don't know. I'm like, I'm getting uh, married in October, oh, congratulations. and I'm like, thank you. And you know, I I love comedy and it's awesome. But like, the more I'm like getting older and stuff, I'm thinking about just like. I don't know what is actually enjoyable you yeah, know, to me. Yeah. I, I love just like hanging out. <laughs> I really like comedy is a lot of fun, but you know, sometimes the like business side of it gets like gums up the works and like sure. ruins the joy of it. And it's like, I love, I love to just enjoy the, the performing part of it and the writing part of it. And you know, like the grind is a little tiresome for sure. me. You know, that oh. I think it's a little overrated, all that, mm. like, getting out there and staying up late, you know, it's like, that, that gets exhausting. And yeah. sometimes it's just good to, you know, you just got your your family and, 
you know, you got a nice place. That's, you know, I think that's what's, what life's all about <laughs> rather than achievement, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, yeah. It's nice to hear that because most anybody that I talk to is just going to be like, yeah, you know, it's really cool getting booked on this or that and yeah. getting this accomplishment. And it's like, yeah, it, it totally is. But yeah. when you're in a different stage of life, something, sometimes other things yeah. take precedence. Yeah, your priorities change for sure Yeah, throughout life. That's a good thing. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily mean either that if you walk away from it, you can't go back to it. To me. Exactly. There's no handbook for comedy. Totally. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think any creative pursuit is just, like, awesome, you know, inherently. Mm-hmm. But it's like, yeah, it's, Yeah. I don't know. It's It should, it should be just for your enjoyment, right. not for, like, oh, you know, I made it. I'm rich and famous now. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, okay, so let's go back to now this uh, even more amazing fact that uh, the first time I saw you, because that shy demeanor that you have must be why I never saw you at an open mic. I yeah. must have seen you at an open mic, but you're just so quiet and your jokes are kind of a smooth burn kind of yeah. thing. They're very low-key and you have to really... Uh, pay attention to yeah. the twists. Mm-hmm. And the first time I saw you was at that 2019 finals. Your very first friggin' FPIA. Yeah. Did you have any idea what an accomplishment that was? I I had like a sense of it just because I like I, I was definitely super nervous going into FPIA because mm-hmm. of how important it was to everyone and like i didn't realize at the time too like that that would probably that that would be like the last year you know that fpia would be this like thing that's like just in austin thing like i don't know like now the scene has changed so much that there's like a lot of people from out of town that don't even understand like how big of a deal fpia is and they're kind of like, oh, you know, there's other competitions. And I'm like, yeah, but this one's like the competition. <laughs> this one's like a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, and like, you know, that year everyone was like, very, like everyone was nervous. Every comedian I knew was like, you know, so like excited, but also like they were, you know, going to more mics. They were writing more. They were being like way on top of it. And that was all everyone talked about. So. I was I was definitely super nervous and I had no expectation of yeah. doing well at all. So the first night you advanced from prelims. Yeah. You were like, what just happened? Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> and it was like a it was a really good lineup that night too. I was like just kind of like, okay, yeah, there's all these really good comedian comedians on here, like there's no way. Like yeah. it was just the, like there were just all these like people that like ran shows and stuff and like I wasn't even getting booked so I was just like all right I'm just gonna do my best I'm gonna bring all my best jokes and I tried to make sure I like also connected them because I felt like that Mm -hmm. was important like I was like okay all the I write a lot of jokes about death so I'll just like do all my death jokes and just have them all connect that way Uh uh-huh and uh, I think it helped my writing a lot because I, um, I never did that before. I just kind of had like little chunks of jokes. Yeah. And I'd never thought about like 
who I was as a comedian, like as a whole. And then at FPIA, I was like, all right, you know, let, let me take stock of what I've done yeah. and try to compile it into like the greatest hits of my <laughs> open mic shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. So semifinals. Yeah. You advance. Yeah. Are you starting to kind of freak out a little bit? Yeah, the prelims, I just felt like, whoa, this is exciting. And then the semifinals, I was like, oh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) they they made a mistake. They shouldn't have done this. Uh, But I feel like, I don't know, like the semifinals, I can't, I don't know which one I was like the most happy with in terms of like my performance. But for the overall, like the whole competition, I was like, I think the main thing on my mind was, like, I was so excited to be performing in front of, like, 300 people. Yeah. Because the sound of the laughter was incredible. Uh Like, it was the best feeling. And I'd only done, like, a show in front of maximum 30 people, you know. So, and I already loved that sound of laughter, Uh you know. So, like, when you just, when you're in an actual comedy club, and you feel like a real comedian and you're hearing like all of that. I was yeah. just like, whoa, this is yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. I watched your, your uh, 2019 final set to refresh my memory uh, mm-hmm. today. And that was solid. And I, I mean, I remember thinking, who is this kid? But by the end of your set, I'm like, that was really solid. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I felt like that one was probably my most solid of the three performances. Hmm. Because, like, I think the first, like, the prelims and the semifinals were a little bit messy. But, like, they were, like, a fun messy. Yeah. And then the, on the finals, I was, like, really, like, feeling not very, like, confident in the, you huh. know, in myself, you know. and Because I, I was just, like, okay, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> and uh, and I was, so I think I, I got a little bit more polished on that uh-huh. one. But it was actually kind of nice because I think the tape is good for, yeah. like, sending out since it was so polished and I didn't do anything that was, like, out of the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then your world kind of blew up in terms of all these people have had their eyes on you and notice you and people who book shows are like, oh, that was really solid, dude. Yeah. Come on my show. Yeah. Was it kind of overnight sensation kind of situation? Yeah, it felt like it. It was crazy. Yeah. It, I've, I felt like I was, um, you know, de- like not ready in some ways. Like I was just like, you know, the people are going to find out that I I suck. <laughs> oh, no. And, you know, I was doing all these shows a lot more at like Cap City and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was like both really cool, but also like I was kind of you know, beating myself up a lot if I messed up. And, like, I think uh, I was, like, a little bit scared to um, be as experimental as before, you know, and, mm. like, write as much. But I, uh, I like, also just, I enjoyed getting, like, that much stage time, too. And I eventually, I think, started to learn to roll with it a little bit better. And yeah. then the pandemic happened. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It was, like completely like screeching halt, yeah. you know yeah but. uh by 2019 did you start dabbling into doing shows yourself running shows or creating uh, shows 
Yeah, I think, you know, I was kind of trying to do that um, even before FPIA. Mm. I was trying to, like, start open mics and stuff, but they would always fail or, you know, the people would be like, oh, you know. know, Like, we'd have, like, someone say something that was, like, way over the line at the open mic, and then the owners are like, can't do it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, like tried and failed a few times i don't think um i really got a you know good show going until uh with with zane like when i started doing shows with him yeah um we started doing stuff at like uh the Taos co-op mm-hmm. west campus we did this uh, show called this is a cult and it was like basically the same as business hours in a lot of ways um just like real weird alt comedy uh-huh. um but maybe a little bit more chaotic because it was just in a co-op so yeah um we, and we had like access to a projector and like we would do these like weird power slides uh-huh. crazy little you know sketches now that i've sat down with him and sitting down with you now i can really get you're getting the brunt of my comparison questions now yeah so, you have a YouTube channel that has like six videos on it. Yeah. They're all stand-up mm-hmm. videos. Zane has these weird, artsy, just really weird videos. Plus, he's got his uh, Nadim Store Instagram account, mm-hmm. which is just bizarro kind of concept account. And I'm trying to figure out, between the two of you, who's the weirder one? Who's the like... Yeah. Okay, you, the creative weird sketches and doing odd projector slides. Like, yeah. of the two of you, who's the weirder one? Who's the one bringing that weird energy? I think Zane's definitely the weirder one. He mm. has that weirder sensibility. But also, like, I mean, I think I, I have it, but I don't um, I don't really do that much stuff on the internet like i don't make that i actually i have a bunch of weird videos but they're all unlisted Mm. and uh you know i I don't know i think zane he has like a lot of um you know like courage with his uh creativity and uh he he likes to put things out there that are really weird and Uh you know um he i think he's a lot more like entrepreneurial i guess like he's you know he's usually the one that starts shows and he has these like big ideas and stuff but um i don't know i think we we uh we work really well together because i think um sometimes he he i think he gets a little too like crazy you know Uh he's just like i just want it to be a mess (laughs) yeah and i'm like well let's you know let's try to (laughs) kind of shape it into this direction because uh-huh. I'm getting the sense that, you know, that it would be funny if we did this and, you know, and then he's like, well, that's selling out, you know, he's, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I make fun of him because I'm like, you're like Kurt Cobain, you know, and you're like, you just think you're so cool, you know, with your Wait, what's little, wrong with Kurt Cobain? No, he's, no, he's great. He's, okay. I just mean like, because he's like, you know. Oh, Zane, you're like No, Kurt yeah, Cobain. yeah, Zane's like it. Kurt Cobain, he's yeah. all... You know, weird and artsy yeah, you know yeah. i don't i don't want to sell out it's too successful he was like worried about business hours getting too successful for a little bit he's uh-huh. like 
uh, why are all these, you know, he was like upset there was so many people showing up. <laughs> like, and I was like, yeah, it's a cool show. It's pretty fun, you know? Um, so you're, you're, you like to, you channel and direct the weird energy into something that, you know, I don't want to say works because his weird energy could work. But you, yeah. you channel it so that it most definitely works. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's <laughs> I'm not he's done stuff. A... <laughs> he's done stuff like that's you know without me, and it's been like really good. And he's done stuff with like other people, and uh-huh. it's it's awesome. And I I just think like you know it's like our our combination of you know like creative differences like. We, you know, we sometimes get into it about things, but then at the end we're like, oh, you know what, like, I see your point, let me try to incorporate that into, like, what my idea is, and then it ends up being something that we're both, like, kind of surprised by, and we're yeah. like, wow, that's actually cool, you know, because I, I think, like, you know, maybe for something like Business Hours, you know, Zane really wanted it to just be this, like, at least what I, my perception of what I thought he wanted from it, it seemed like he wanted it to be almost like a meme, you know, like he mm-hmm. just wanted to do it just because he was like, this is going to be so funny to do a comedy show in a convenience store and like people are going to be walking in and they're going to be confused. <laughs> and like, he, and it is funny to do that. Yeah. But then like, also I was like, I, I was like, we could make this like an actual like hub for like, you know, like shows and stuff, and people would actually come out to this and watch. And what ended up happening was both things happened. We we got a huge audience for it, and it was doing really well. Mm-hmm. But then also people would walk in, and they would be like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> you know, and then we'd mess with them and, uh-huh. like, be, you know, talking to the customers that were trying to buy stuff. And then, but there's, like, an audience there, and they're, you know, they're all like eating it up because it's like just so weird. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just like, I think we both kind of elevate each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, does it frustrate you to be kind of lumped in with, with him at all? No, I don't think so. I think Zane's like really cool. He is very cool. And I, I feel like it makes me seem cooler than I'm friends with him. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I seem standoffish or maybe, like, I'm judgmental or something because I'm, like, I'm just shy and quiet. And yeah. I don't, um, I don't usually, like, approach people. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people think of me, but I just, you know, I get the sense that maybe people are like, oh, maybe he thinks he's better than this, you know? Mm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But, like, <laughs> with Zane, he's, like... You know, he's, like, cool, and everyone, you know, he's, like, a very friendly person, and I think when they see me, like, with Zane, and they're like, oh, I love Zane, Zane likes Carlos, so that Carlos must be cool, uh-huh. you know? So I'm, I'm meeting more people, yeah. I think. Yeah. I'm struck by how both of you are very thoughtful about, like, your whole comedy experience and existence. Yeah. So that, that's got to be... That's got to be part of the rapport that you 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 both have. Yeah, I think we both um, care more about just like having fun and stuff than yeah. like 
um, trying to, you know, make money or get famous or anything yeah, like that. Take I over think the world and yeah, I, we're, I think we're both a little bit lazy. <laughs> um, and you know, I don't know, like yeah. we just like playing games and stuff. That's like kind of our jam. Yeah. You know? So how did you get involved with the what a character show and starting to do like actual sketches? Yeah, I think it was, you know, just Emma was starting the show and she was like, would you and Zane be into doing the show? And I think she had intended for it to be like one person does a character um, and they just kind of are on stage for a few minutes. Uh But we were like, we kind of want to work together. And she was like, I guess that's cool. And... We've kind of, I mean, we still do weird characters or like we try to make like one person the weird character and the other one's kind of the straight man. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we were just, I don't know. I think uh, just Emma was, you know, look in the market for people to do it. And she was like, I know you guys have done improv, you've done sketch. She, you know, she knew us. So she was like, let me see if they want to do it. Have you done more improv since that first class? Not very much. I actually, um, me and Zane, or like Zane started this like improv class at like a senior activity center. Are you doing that too? I did it one time. Uh I can't, I like sat in as like an additional instructor. Uh It was so fun. (laughs) It was the best. That was the last time I've done improv. Yeah. And before that was probably a few years Mm-hmm. Do you, I I want to go back to one of the original things that you told me about being afraid of public speaking. Do you feel like you've gotten over that with all, all of these different experiences you've had? I don't think I've gotten over it, but I've definitely not like as scared about it at all, or like even close to it. Yeah. I I don't think I could like say I have a fear of public speaking anymore. Um, more than any like a you know regular person yeah um i am scared of like public speaking if it's like in a serious sense Mm. i think the laughter kind of um helps me get through it like if i get that feedback that like people are enjoying it then i don't get in my head as much but like yeah i think i'm still pretty scared of like just talking in front of people Mm -hmm. if it's in Mm. just like a if i was just giving a presentation on like you know turbines or something i don't know <laughs> is that the first thing people think of you carlos let's <laughs> invite carlos where we've got to talk about turbines yeah we got a turbine seminar <laughs> i don't even know what a turbine is that would be a nightmare yeah if you don't know i hope people would know not to invite you to talk about them <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what, uh, since your life is about to change with mm. getting married, what do you see for yourself in, in the future with, with comedy? You already said that, you know, sometimes priorities change, but wh- yeah. what do you see for yourself? Well, I like, I definitely, I want to keep pursuing it and I want a career in comedy. That's yeah. like my goal is to just be able to make money off of doing that but i think like um it's like 
I think I want it all to be part of like an overall plan of like what I want my life to look like. And I think, you know, a few years ago I would have just been like stand up comedian or nothing, mm-hmm. you know, no woman's going to get in the way of this, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on my grind, uh-huh. you know, I'm just going to, whatever it takes, uh-huh. I'm going straight to the top. But I'm like, I think now I'm just like, uh, my, uh, expectations are a little bit like more reasonable. I think like, I just want like, um, you know, I want to have a house with, you know, a yard yeah. and I want to do some gardening and be able to have time to do some hobbies. And I want to be somehow involved in, uh, doing comedy. Like if that's like being a writer for a TV show, if that's like, I don't know, I've thought about like, um, like I've kind of started writing a book, um, that's like, you know, I, I want to include like drawings in it, you know, cause I, I, you know, I like drawing too. And I, you know, I've, I've thought about doing like comic books and stuff too, but I, you know, I want to, I want to just do like funny stuff. Yeah. I just want to make like a, write a, like a funny book with lots of dumb pictures in it. It's like maybe like Captain Underpants for adults. Mm. That's kind of my idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Something you know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I don't really have like a particular thing where I'm like, yeah, I, I gotta sell out Madison Square Garden yeah. doing stand up. I think I just want to be funny and use my talents and uh, have it all fit into my yeah. lifestyle without going too crazy. When, when did your perspective change from the, you know, the highs of finals of FPIA, COVID, yeah, and then the return of, of comedy in Austin? I think um, it's been like all of those three things. Like it's been mm-hmm. COVID, it's been FPIA, it's been... Um, just like returning to comedy in Austin and like everything's like changed a little bit, you know, there's just a like, little bit, <laughs> there's a huge boom and like all these people are here yeah. and there was like shows that were starting when like the pandemic was still happening. Yeah. And so then they're like, you come back and there's like people that are like, uh, Hey, I'm like the big shot of Austin. I'm like, you just moved here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who you are, man. Yeah. I am FPIA. <laughs> finalist material no (laughs) i don't know but yeah i think also you know like i'm just kind of annoyed by like comedy on like instagram because everyone's like and i respect it everyone's on their grind they're trying to make it and that's cool but like you know it's it's kind of like tedious to like you know just post stuff yeah just so you can be relevant on the algorithm and you're not really inspired to make anything. You're just kind of like, oh, let me just do some dumb thing that's not even that good. You know, like, I I just, I don't know. I, I care more about, like, just doing stuff that I feel, like, happy about. And yeah. that it makes me laugh. I'm not, you know, I don't, if uh, that leads to anything, that's great. But I don't really want to, like, be just, like, selling my soul you know yeah yeah for the sake of i don't know a thousand followers yeah 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm at I'm at a thousand eleven thirty. So and I haven't seen. Yeah, but my you're soul. doing good things. Wow, thank you. You're doing big things. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. No, I you know I don't think it's bad to like be doing well. Yeah. I'm just like I don't you know, for, just like, I don't know a small amount of fame. I don't really. I don't see the point in doing stuff that I don't feel happy about. I might as well just have a dumb job, you know? <laughs> I, like, I want comedy to be fun. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't know. With, with the, the Carlos of, you know, your younger years when you were listening to so much comedy and absorbing so much of it, be surprised at how just kind of like, you know, comedy's okay. It's, you know, yeah. I want to have fun with it. I want to be creative and... I'm not going to chase, I'm not chasing the big dream of being one of these big name comics. Yeah, I think, well, I don't know. It's, um, I think it would be weird because like, I don't think the teenage Carlos would be like, like, I think you'd be like, what? You do comedy? What are you doing? (laughs) Oh, that's That's horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because it wasn't until you were 17, right? Yeah. That you were... You know, you tackled that. Yeah, so uh, it would be pretty shocking. And then I think, yeah, but I, I don't know. It seems true to me. I'm not very ambitious. Mm. Well, I, you know, maybe that's not true. I think I am ambitious, but I'm just not like, I don't know. I'm ambitious in different ways. I want like, I want the personal growth. Yeah. That's what I want from comedy. I want to like, I want to get better because it it makes me a better person. I think that's what I'm, like, most happy about with comedy right now. It's, like, that, you know, at one point in my life, I was, like, so scared to, like, talk in front of people that I wouldn't do it. I had mm-hmm. I had a speech class in high school, and I got a three in it out of 100. <laughs> Carlos! Because I just didn't do any of the assignments. I was, oh like... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was just, like, I'm not doing it. But now it's like, you know, I do comedy all the time. Yeah. I talk in front of people in terrible situations where they're drunk and mean, you know? <laughs> so hmm. I, that's, a, that's a win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and r- real, truthfully, in the long run, you're much better uh, suited to just be a happy person with your yeah. life life mm-hmm. and your lot in life because you've, you realize there's got to be balance to it all. Like, yeah chasing the four to you know we both agree sometimes the hustle of the four to five mics a night if you're like just dead set on the hard work and the payoff that in theory should happen yeah um that's fine for for somebody but if you're just into achieving balance in life across many spectrums yeah when you're older you're going to be a happy person yeah versus going through a grind possibly being very disappointed if it doesn't pay off yeah on the other hand you could end up on you know saturday night live yeah (laughs) i don't know yeah i i just i i want to see where where it takes me i think like so far i'm pretty happy with like what i've achieved you know and like i feel like if i stopped doing comedy right now i would be like you know, pretty happy with what I did, Mm. you know, for like, just cause it's like, I know myself and like, I just, that was like, 
insane that I even tried doing stand up. So yeah. I'm like, I'm happy that I have done it and I'm not going to stop. Yeah. So that just means that there's probably going to be more things that I achieve in the future, but I'm not going to like, you know, feel like I'm a loser if I don't get right. those things. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in almost your own words, write your own book, you know, yeah. write something that, that ultimately makes you happy, that you are still able to exercise that creative part of yourself. Yeah. 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 Wow. Uh, this really got deep and philosophical. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want people to know about you? Hmm. I don't know. No, I don't is know. it an open bar <laughs> wedding? Are we all invited? Um, not well. It is open bar. Not everyone's invited oh, though. Oh man! <laughs> You're invited though. You Ooh, <laughs> my first comedy wedding. Do you know how long I've actually been? No, I mean I, you, you're yeah. under no obligation. But uh, I've seen obviously over the years of, of covering comedy, I've seen you know comedy couples get married uh, or comics get married. They're not always you know a comedy couple. Yeah. Um, and I'm always like thinking, you know, maybe one day I'll be invited. But then I realize yeah. I'm never where all the comics are yeah. because I'm out here living the parent life. And it's like, mm. I'm never going to get an invitation unless it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm just never going to get an invitation. So I'm just yeah. putting it out there. Yeah. Please invite me to your comedy wedding. Uh, yeah, someday. I can totally do that. <laughs> Um, I haven't been invited to a comedy wedding either. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. No. It's I don't know what it's about. But no. Well, we know they're out there. I've only invited like three comedians so far to this wedding. Is Zane invited? Zane's invited. Oh, okay. He's one of them. Okay. So, yeah, there's it's a pretty short list, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going the small wedding route? route? Yeah, trying to. We yeah. Like, me and uh, my fiance Julia, we both have like pretty big families so ah, like tough yeah it's like it's tough to be like yeah the entire comedy scene come on because it's like yeah we're already yeah, no. you know it's too much yeah we got we got tons of family and friends that aren't comedians yeah so <laughs> stay the course with your yeah. plan for sure we don't want y'all doing five minutes yeah. at our wedding you're like let me give a toast yeah. and then they're like have you guys tried this wedding food or what? I don't know what the, you know. Whatever jokes they do. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Well, exciting uh, future ahead for you, I'm sure. Yeah. From, from that regard. Uh, yeah. Very cool. All right. Uh, if there's nothing else, we are. Are you ready for my closing question? I'm ready. All right. One word to describe your future. Spicy. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Spicier. How about that? Spicier. I like that. Please, less fireworks and yeah. threat of harm. Yes. Will you promise me that? I, you know, I don't know if I can promise, <laughs> but I can try. Okay. As long as you try. Wait, is there an explosion thing? Oh, probably. Well, there's just the bomb, but I oh. already did that. There's a drum roll, though. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a wrap on Comedy Wham presents Carlos Morrison. Tell us where we can find you and promote your projects. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Carlos Amadeo Morrison. 
uh, or you can visit my website, carlosmorrison.com. Um, I have a new show called The Buddy System, the first Friday of every month at the Velveeta Room. It's going to be the 10 p.m. slot, so keep an eye out for it. It's pretty good. And what's the idea behind the buddy system? The buddy system is like the newlywed game, but for friendships. It's a it's celebrating friends, and I got my friend Zane that we've spoken about uh-huh. a few times. Um, and uh, we, me and Zane write all the questions for the comedians, uh-huh. so we try to make it like as weird and dirty as possible. <laughs> um, and we have comedians on that bring their friends and... Uh-huh. You know, they get into little shenanigans on oh, our show. Sounds <laughs> fun. And you're practicing that writing, so that's awesome. That's right. Okay. Any other projects? No, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, we hope you've enjoyed learning about how Carlos got to be the comedic genius you heard today just as much as I have. This has been Comedy Wham Presents, Carlos Morrison. I'm Valerie, and that's been funny. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I paused. Like, do you want to close out with a sounder? Oh, yeah. Let's find a good one. Perfect.